So welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry, the co-founder of Ignite DA, as well as the editor-in-chief for DrByCuspid.com. Thank you so much for joining us. No matter where you found us, uh, we are all over, including on DrByCuspid.com. And I know somebody else who is all over the place, and that's my guest and good friend, dental pharmacology expert, Tom Viola. Tom, how are you, buddy? Kevin, I'm doing fine. Thank you so much for the opportunity. How are you doing? Okay. It's good. I am good. I'm excited to talk to you again because I always learn so much and I know our, our listeners do as well. And this time we're going to talk a little bit about a, a small niche audience maybe. Um, and, and that is something that you've been hearing about pregnancy and ibuprofen. Uh, so tell our audience what you're hearing and what they need to know. Yeah, Kevin, I can't say enough how much I enjoy being on these podcasts. The audience has been fantastic. I get so much good feedback and so many uh, uh, different ways of people communicating with me and asking me about the topics that we talk about. So thank you. Really, it's a pleasure. Glad to have you, brother. Thank you. Uh, you know, we've always sort of worried about pregnancy and, and potential complications. And it is a niche audience when you think about it because it's 40 weeks and sometimes you get to see the patient during their pregnancy. Sometimes you don't. Um, I've always sort of espoused the idea that if someone's pregnant and you can put off any elective dental work until the pregnancy's over and the baby's born, that's probably, you know, the best case scenario for all of us, right? But sometimes you can't. Sometimes it just has to get done. So up until recently, uh, the FDA had said it didn't approve or didn't think it was a good idea, let's put it that way, to use ibuprofen beyond 30 weeks of pregnancy. The reason for that was because we all know that uh, ibuprofen, as well as any other NSAID, can interfere with fetal circulation. Uh, there's certain uh, there's certain bypasses and certain shunts in the fetus while they're still in the uterus to bypass, you know, the oxygenation coming from the lungs. Basically, mom's doing the breathing, so we need to sort of shunt blood away from the fetus's lungs and just take the incoming oxygen from mom and mom's blood supply, which is fine. But those shunts are very much dependent on prostaglandins. And since NSAIDs are noted for their ability to block prostaglandins, there's the potential that that can cause problems for fetal circulation and maybe even you know, uh, uh, emergency C-section, right? In addition to that, prostaglandins are also responsible for helping uh, labor to progress. Uh, so contractions of the uterus are heavily dependent on prostaglandins. And so if mom takes ibuprofen later in pregnancy, that can actually prolong the gestation beyond 40 weeks. And that's not good either. So premature birth and, and late birth, neither one of them are, are considered ideal. So therefore, we've always avoided ibuprofen late in pregnancy. Now, some obstetricians have said, I don't want you to use ibuprofen at all, period. And, and I get that because why take the chance? But the problem with dentistry is, as you know, as you've heard me say many times, dental pain is really acute inflammatory pain. And there's really no good way to treat that type of pain without an anti-inflammatory. And since ibuprofen is our favorite, it sort of makes sense that we'd use it. But, okay, the, the greatest issue with that is, what if you don't use ibuprofen? Mom comes in for a therapy, a treatment, whatever. Now you can't use ibuprofen. You, you know, send mom away uh, on, on just acetaminophen. And since there's nothing really anti-inflammatory about acetaminophen, it really doesn't work to treat dental pain. All right, we'll use an opioid. Well, we've, we discourage the use of opioids in pregnancy because of the potential for respiratory depression. So what do you do in this situation, right? So 
we were pretty good with using ibuprofen when the obstetrician said it's probably okay because if you don't treat mom's pain and it's significant and her blood pressure rises as a result of it, that could be problematic for the fetus. So we kind of left it all up to the obstetrician. And and, and a lot of times the, the, the rule of thumb was don't treat if you, if you can't uh, help it, then fine, then use whatever the obstetrician recommends. All right. So what happens uh, this month? The FDA comes out and says it's not a good idea to use ibuprofen past 20 weeks. Why? Okay, so the research shows that, and I didn't even know this myself, and maybe you didn't either, Kevin. I don't know. I, I wasn't an expert on this part, but turns out that amniotic fluid, which I thought was always produced by mom, is actually produced by the fetus after 20 weeks. So amniotic fluid is produced in volume from the fetus's kidneys. Now, since we all know that ibuprofen can hamper kidney function, the FDA strongly suspects now and has issued an advisory against using ibuprofen after 20 weeks because that would shut down, if you will, the, temporarily the production of amniotic fluid or at least restrict it. And that means too little amniotic fluid, dangerous for baby. That's big. I mean, you know, I, and, and I think about that it may not be something that's really out there per se. And it may be something that once again, we're talking about uh, those, those pregnant women who come into the practice, or let's be honest, uh, you know, some of our listeners, uh, those great assistants uh, out there, they, they, they may be in this situation as well. Exactly. So, so this is really a case of once again, going back to what we always talk about, dental practices need to educate their patients and explain, here's why we're not giving you ibuprofen. Correct. And, you know, it's 20 weeks is far enough along that, of course, you know, most women would know they're pregnant, but you can't rule it out all the time, right? There are some people that don't know they're pregnant or don't, you know, or don't or aren't aware, let's put it that way. But bottom line is this, I think, adds further uh, caution on the part of prescribers and, and, um, and that could be both dentists and hygienists, depending on the state now, and assistants who knows in the future. The point is, if we make recommendations for using ibuprofen, that just adds now to the, hmm, first it was 30 weeks, now it's 20 weeks, let's not use it at all. But I still worry about being able to effectively manage mom's pain if she has some kind of work done because we're not using the anti-inflammatory of choice. Well, and I worry, you know, because I've seen it, you've seen it as well, where people go, oh, one time won't be that big a deal. You know, if you really need it, go ahead. That's where we've got to make sure that we don't have those rogue answers going off and that we really stick to what is best for the patient, according to the experts. Couldn't have said it better. You know, a lot of uh, people come up to me after my lectures and they say, you know, okay, by the time you I follow your instructions, which is take the blood pressure, take the pulse, take the medical history, ask the questions, that's 20 minutes. I mean, I, I got a half an appointment left. What do you want me to get done in, in the next uh, 40 minutes if there's that much left? And I tell them, you know, if you know the right questions to ask and you, and you know the, the way to approach a medical history, you can get that out of the way in as little as five or, so, or 10 minutes if you know what to ask. But that's why we, you and I always go back to the same premise, which is gotta have that medical history, gotta have it up to date, and you've gotta be able to have some working knowledge of pharmacology to say, okay, does the risk of treatment today uh, outweigh the benefit? And if it does, move on, you know? You know, and, and in this new COVID, post-COVID world where schedules in the dental practice are thrown off already, 
you know, I, I've heard of some practices that are going to stick with building in those longer appointments, you know, uh, not only for infection control and prevention purposes, but also, as you said, to make sure that the medical history and, and everything is, is properly checked. We have an opportunity when you think about it now to, to sort of reset and, and push the reset button and say, okay, maybe we need to take a good hard look at our workflow and see, okay, maybe it's not so much volume of production. Maybe it is, you know, being smart about how we use our time. But I will say this, after the whole COVID uh, um, controversy with using ibuprofen to treat COVID symptoms that, that according to some people, led patients to die, um, more, more likely to die because they use ibuprofen versus acetaminophen, that was just one more blow to ibuprofen that we've taken this year. So first we had the COVID-19 scare, now we have this pregnancy issue. So I just don't want our community, the dental assistants, the hygienists and the dentists to lose faith in this drug because let's face it, it's our drug for treating dental pain. Well, and I, as you said, ibuprofen's had a bad 2020, kind of like a lot of us have, to be <laughs> honest here. I mean, is, is there a worry that it could be looked down upon or, or do you think it's stable enough as, as you said, the kind of go-to uh, that, that this isn't something that you see going away anytime soon. I think it's a matter of recovery. You know, I think when we get back to normal and business as usual, I think we'll, we'll have our faith restored. But there's no doubting and no no arguing that COVID-19 put a big doubt, big question mark in the minds of a lot of people, not just about ibuprofen, but healthcare in general. And so a lot of people started to go with natural remedies and, and, and things that they thought would work better on their own. It was their own decision. Um, but I, I caution people to not use things like aspirin, to not use things like BC powders that contain aspirin, because aspirin actually causes more side effects than good effects. And you can't take it in a doses necessary to get the real uh, dental pain control you get from something like ibuprofen. So I hope we come back. The greatest scare I think people have right now with the resurgence of COVID-19 is Okay, so what am I supposed to do now? Can I take ibuprofen? Can I not take ibuprofen? I'm so confused. And, and that's what I'm hoping our, our friends in dentistry don't say, this person could be asymptomatic. I better not use ibuprofen because that could make them die. And, and we don't really know that to be true at all. Yeah, there's there's been a lot, you know, looking back at how we've we've tackled COVID and what we've known about COVID and how the goalposts have changed so much throughout this. Uh, it's interesting to see how our views have changed, and, and man, if we're the the worries that there still are about those who are contagious versus not, it's oh, well, Tom. Hey, you as always, great information, and I, I think very timely information. And I want to make sure that uh, people know how to get a hold of you and learn more at the footsteps, uh, you know, so that uh, they can see exactly what's going on uh, with everything going on pharmacology wise. Thank you, Kevin. It's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to hearing from everybody as always. You can always find me on my website. It's tomviola.com. So original, yes. And uh, uh, you pop in there and, and take a look at my uh, blog, which always has new articles that I've been posting on, on what's new in the world of dental pharmacology. Take a course uh, on, uh, on any topic that I offer. There's almost 20 of them uh, for continuing education credits online, on demand. You can get your certificate right then and there. But also check me out on social media. I'm everywhere at Pharmacology Declassified. So um, look me up, find me, and, and feel free to post comments. And I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and, and Tom's a great friend of not only the podcast, but dental assistants, uh, the dental industry, and Dr. Bicuspid. And, and just to, like as, as I always say, 
an overall just good guy. So, uh, Tom, with our industry becoming more and more female dominated, this is a great topic. So thanks so much for bringing it to our attention today, man. Thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure working with you and talking with you. I appreciate it, bud. Absolutely. And thanks to all of you for spending a few minutes of your day listening to the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. We try to bring you timely information with the best uh, industry experts out there. So make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, and we will catch you soon with another episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA.